0: I'm Katie J, and I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katies. Good morning. <clears throat>
1: <clears throat> wow, that was morning
0: voices, crazy. <laughs> I can't believe you just did
1: that. You just met our producer Matt.
0: <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, there's a there's a third entity yes <laughs> that's part of all these recordings and it is the one and only Matt Foreman our producer and he is the best we're very thankful for him yeah maybe we'll try and uh
1: loop him in on more of our <laughs> intros he was just <laughs> roasting us on our intros he's like you guys always talk about what you're gonna say and then you get on and it just all falls apart yeah so, so sorry about that everybody we just put him
0: put somewhere. him on the spot <laughs> we just made it even worse yes <did>.
1: Anyways, <laughs> welcome back! Thanks for tuning back in Another week after week. week. Yep, you guys are more than we could have ever hoped or imagined for. You just
0: exceed our expectations every single week. You didn't know you were gonna get hyped up today, listening, did you? <laughs> I know. But here we are,
1: Katie. How was your week? My week has been good. I've been, it's been a little bit tiring. I'm on a different schedule at work than I usually am Mm -hmm. working a lot more hours, working in a different place than I'm usually working and working in a place that I generally enjoy a little bit less than my usual work Mm -hmm. environment. So it's just been a little bit more like mentally draining. Yeah. Um, just having to like relearn everything I already knew at a new location. And I'm funny enough, being bounced around as a filler at all of these different locations because people um, are (laughs) quitting this position, just normal life stuff. And Mm -hmm. they bring me in, which is exactly what I was doing at my last job.
0: (laughs) You're just a filler inner. I am just
1: jack of all trades. If you ask me if I've had a job, I'll say, yes, I've had that job because at this point, I've I've done every job.
0: (laughs) Love that. Makes you a Swiss army knife of a person. Yes. Um, So I'm tired, but I'm good. It's life is good. Good. Yeah. Glad to hear it. What about you, Katie? Well, I'm, I'm good. Everything's really good. It's just been, like you said, crazy busy. And we just moved into our first home, which is so exciting, but brings so many just little things to do with it. And chasing a baby around, it all feels like one step forward two steps back and, you know, you plan to be productive one day and then your baby needs to be held and touching your face the entire day. (laughs) (laughs) That's just how it is. It's great though. It's so nice to be in our our own home, yeah, really. Crazy. I just
1: I got to visit the home, and it's beautiful and gorgeous,
0: and I'm so happy
1: for the hail. Thank you so much. what a fun, fun time of life. it is,
0: yeah, and crazy, but fun yeah. <laughs> so today we're doing a listener requested episode. Somebody specifically asked us about this, and we think it's a good one to talk about because I don't know that it's addressed amongst women very often mm-hmm. um, I've heard it addressed a few times, but Usually, this seems like it's a man's problem, and today we're going to be talking about anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you are a woman who has ever <laughs> dealt with anger, today's for you. You're in good company. You are not alone. <laughs> you are very
1: much not alone. Yes. Um, this is something that I know that I've encountered in my own life. But I've also seen my friends deal with different situations where anger is just the the emotion that drives the situation. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, it will happen to you. Anger yes. uh, is a part of living in this fallen world. And so we want to address it biblically, as always. We want to come at this and say, what's the precedent? Does God care
0: about anger? <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly like that. So, to start off, I thought it would be good to define anger. And I, in, in writing this and in figuring this out, I realized it's actually kind of difficult to define. Mm-hmm. So I went straight to the source. I went to the American Psychological Association, the APA itself. And I'm just going to read to you the little blip that they have in their website as the basic definition of anger. So anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel has deliberately done you wrong. They go on to say that anger can be a good thing. It can give you a way to express negative feelings, for example, or motivate you to find solutions to problems. But excessive anger can cause problems. Increased blood pressure and other physical changes associated with anger make it difficult to think straight and harm your physical and mental health. So there is a non-biblical definition, but a helpful definition nonetheless, Mm -hmm. I think. And I thought... I don't know if that's how I would have described anger, No, like just thinking about it, but it makes sense, right? That it's an antagonism towards someone or something that you feel has deliberately done you wrong. And with that come these kind of connotations of like indignation, right? Like righteous Mm -hmm. indignation or violent passion or vengeance or things like that, that all are kind of things that are secondary to anger. Yeah born out of the root of anger. I do
1: think that this uh, definition is good. I was thinking the same thing when I first read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know actually how I would have defined anger. Right.
0: It's kinda of hard to define. Yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I think that they articulated it well. And it's so interesting. I'm I'm sure we'll touch on this mm-hmm. as we go on, but I think about in our like unforgiveness episode or our forgiveness episode and mm-hmm. we talked about unforgiveness and how your body like your body suffers when you experience bitterness and here we see it again with anger. And I just think that it's crazy how God has created our bodies to reflect the consequences of the emotions that we're choosing to dwell in. Absolutely. We have, we have these feelings stored up in our body and God has created it to be like a a warning light to you. Like, hey, you're in a lot of pain right now. And maybe it's because you're harboring a lot of resentment. Yeah. Or maybe it's because you're walking
0: out anger and just what an amazing, it's just amazing. It's amazing. It makes me think of the, the phrase that's going around in like therapy and like clinical language lately, but the the body keeps the score. That Mm -hmm. whole idea that God has created our bodies as a machine that is multifaceted, right? So no part of ourselves, not our soul, not our spirit, not our emotions, not our physical body are disconnected from each other. Like it's this beautiful machine that God has designed to run perfectly. Mm -hmm. And these little things that are not little things like anger and bitterness, like you're talking about can have physical effects. Yeah, It's just, it is really interesting to think about. So in thinking about this and kind of you know, a good English student, right. Taking this definition and kind of processing it different ways Mm -hmm. and repeating it in a way that might add a different perspective to it is the idea that anger takes the feelings of vulnerability and defensiveness and it like turns them on their head and it seeks to regain power. So it comes from this feeling of powerlessness or pain or defenselessness and it like regains the power by lashing out. And so it's like this reactive emotion towards people in situations that we feel have wronged or harmed or disappointed us. I think it's another way to say that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants to be the underdog or not have the upper hand. And in situations that we feel that way, Mm -hmm. um, there's some emotion that comes up. And for a lot of people, that is anger. Some people will just feel small. Mm-hmm. In that and shrink
0: back and shrink away. Right. Um, I think there are people that have predispositions in either yes, direction, right? Absolutely, towards anger or towards just it's the fight, flight, yeah. freeze kind of thing. But
1: mine, mine is absolutely anger in these oh, situations. Fight, hundred percent. If somebody's, <laughs> if I feel like somebody is making me small, I'm like, I'm gonna angry. make you feel smaller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and that's and my wicked heart. Right. There's true. never been anything good to ever come out of any way I've reacted in those situations. No,
0: no. And I I think it's a common thread in the things that we're saying right now is pride. So Mm -hmm. that feeling of like needing to defend yourself and, um, you know, not in situations where there is righteous anger, right? When someone's been harmed and you're defending them or things Mm -hmm. like that, but true anger of like flipping your pain onto someone else is really proud. So I think, what we want to do and everything that we talk about is we want to ask, what does the Bible say? And so what we've done here is collect just some, some verses, uh, some basic Psalms and Proverbs and things that talk about anger, just some good wisdom, but also some other verses that you might have heard little bits and pieces of, but I wanted to bring more context into to have a discussion about what is the actual principle here about anger and where did this come from? And, you know, verses you might've heard, but not heard the full context of what it's in. So, um, I want to start with some, some good old wisdom, some Proverbs and Psalms. The first verse that we're gonna read is Proverbs 14, 29, which says, He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is quick quick tempered exalts folly.
1: Yeah, it's there is so much value in genuinely thinking out your next move. <laughs> And submitting. Having a filter. <laughs> yes, having a filter and submitting your reactions to the Lord and allowing time to submit your reactions to the Lord. I think that that is something that I've done a lot better at in the last few years. And I have seen great fruit come from that, from just like taking a deep breath, really dwelling on what is going to be honoring to the Lord in this situation. Yeah,
0: I don't have to say the first thing that comes to my mind yeah. every time. What? Yeah. <laughs> Saying that to myself right now. Yeah. And I like, actually, the second half of this verse, too, the idea that being quick-tempered exalts folly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times when we're angry, we are, like, responding to folly or to just negative situations, right? Yeah. But we're... We're only exalting. We're only making worse. We're only emphasizing that folly yeah. by being quick tempered in our response to it. And a similar verse is actually Proverbs 19, 11, which says a man's discretion makes him slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook a transgression. So this mm-hmm. goes directly back into the definition yeah. of anger, right? Of Oftentimes it is responding to being wronged, but it is a man's glory to overlook a transgression. It is godly yeah. to have grace. Yeah, absolutely. It's godly to have grace. And
1: it all circles back to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Always, 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 always. Like, we do not serve the God of, like, revenge. Mm -hmm. We serve a God of justice, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We're going to get there. (laughs) Yeah, we will not leave this episode without touching righteous anger. Yeah. But... um, we so often forget, I think right now, especially there's all these jokes about like, what would Jesus do? And you'd be like, well, you know, he flipped tables in the temple, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of thing. <laughs> and so like hyper fixate on these moments of like yeah. passionate righteousness and stuff that we forget that we are called to turn the other cheek and we are yeah. called to um, maybe lay down our lives right. and lay down our wills and our prides and walk out what God has called us to, which is a higher standard of grace and righteousness. Absolutely.
0: Another one really quick. There's, there's so many proverbs and verses and Psalms about this, but I just wanted to grab a couple. And so this is the last one we're going to talk about. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. So Psalms 37, eight. I love that. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. So when you are worried, when you are you know, hot and bothered and angry Mm -hmm. and wanting to react that leads only to evil doing. Like that's not going to be acting out of wisdom or patience or submission to God. That's only going to lead you down a road that's going to create more wrongdoing and more evil from a situation that might genuinely be wrong. Um, but why further it, you know? Yeah. I mean, to use just,
1: Like the most cliche saying ever, but like two wrongs do not make a right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You do not get to clean up the mess that somebody else made by making more of a
0: mess. It's just not how it works. Absolutely. So, the first passage that I really want to dissect as far as maybe some more New Testament comprehensive teaching on anger is Matthew 5. And this is actually in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And so, Jesus is. Doing a lot of flipping ideas on their head of things that people thought they understood from the law, and he is making, um, he's actually taking them further. He's taking these ideas further mm-hmm. than they even were in the law, which is always funny to me when people say like, "Yeah, Jesus came to like abolish the law," and it's like, "No, actually, mm-hmm. he came to fulfill it." He fulfilled it, it, yeah, and he like leveled it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, in the expectation, he brought it through, into our hearts exactly through the gift of his spirit. He has made it an even higher standard. We say yeah. higher standard. Probably seven times an episode.
1: But it's just that important. But that's, that's, that's like what we talk about. That's what Jesus did on earth is he brought us to a higher standard. So exactly. no, I
0: will not apologize I will not for apologize. saying it seven times an episode. <laughs> we should take a tally and yes. actually figure it out. So we're going to start in Matthew 5 verse 21. And I'm going to read this whole passage here and then we'll talk about it. Matthew twenty-one through25 21 through 24. You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and then remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. So Jesus here (laughs) takes anger straight to murder. Mm -hmm. He he equates anger and self-righteousness and indignation and vengeance, looking down upon our brothers and sisters, looking down upon other people and makes it equal to a heart that is filled with murder. And so he's saying here, you know, you're not just liable for what you do. You're liable for how you feel. You're liable for what you say. <laughs> You're liable for where your anger takes you and how you view other people. And that those heart problems are just as serious as the actual like act of murder yeah. which seems so intense but it's just a great precedent for the fact that anger is a serious serious problem. Yeah. That Jesus is saying like hey those who have my spirit, those who are walking in my ways, there's no room for this. There's no room for this attitude or this behavior when it belittles others. Yeah, absolutely. This makes me think
1: of, and because, you know, we haven't said this in a while, we are a C.S. Lewis podcast,
0: (laughs) this makes me think
1: of... This part of mere Christianity, and I'm going to butcher it, and basically I'm just going to summarize it for you, but he's talking about how we've done ourselves a disservice by believing that somebody who's a murderer and then somebody who just lashes out in anger towards his brother on occasion do not struggle with the same sin. Yeah. <laughs> and saying yeah. that, you know, this person's a terrible sinner but I'm just an, a normal person and yet we still it's the same root. It's yeah. the same sin in your heart.
0: Exactly. And and I think it's clear in this passage that that root is contempt. That yeah. root is contempt and pride towards your brother and You know, he's saying even if you like say to your brother, like you good for nothing, right? Like even just the words you say and the attitude of contempt for other people is the same thing that leads to allowing you to murder somebody. Exactly, it's the same root. It's the same seed planted in your heart, and so it should be treated with seriousness. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple more passages here that I want to get to. Um, A quick one is in James one verses nineteen through twenty-one. This, you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. So I love this one because when I think about anger, like there are righteous applications of anger, right? So, when this is saying the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God, it's talking about, there are situations mm-hmm. where you are rightfully angry, Yeah. but your anger and your, your anger in sin, in contempt and pride, like we've been talking about and in belittling others does not achieve the righteousness of God and actually like steps in and makes us the enactors of justice. Yeah. When, you know, the Bible also says God vengeance is the Lord's. Like yeah. He will repay wickedness. And, um, Yeah, I I just, I love this, the idea of in humility, like receiving the word, receiving Christ um, is able to save our souls and is able to have the actual power to change our hearts and to allow us to put aside that wickedness and that filthiness and to teach us how to be slow to speak, how to be slow to become angry and quick to hear, like those things that are opposite of our nature and so contrary to how we Like to live. Yeah, absolutely. I think that this
1: concept requires a lot of trust in God. Mm -hmm. Trust that he is going to deal with the situation justly Mm -hmm. and with righteousness and do so much better than we could. And it takes knowing your Lord to Mm -hmm. know that. And so here we are again on the soapbox we're always on. Know the word. Yeah. Have a well to draw from because
0: there's... I'm so thankful for Mary having her oh on the gosh, podcast when we originally if you haven't talked to about that, that episode. Yet, please do. It's yeah. so so rich. <laughs>
1: yeah, but that's when we first kind of started talking about the concept of this well to draw from. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't have that, then you don't know that God is for you and to protect you and to protect His kingdom and to protect His children. And He is not going to let injustices happen. And so why would you stew in your anger and live in contempt for your brother when it's not going to produce anything like what God could produce yeah. in that situation? And that just takes trust. Yeah.
0: yeah. The fruit of whatever our anger could accomplish is is tasteless and yeah. <laughs> weak and worthless compared to the fruit of what God could bring about from those situations yeah. if we allow his word to penetrate our hearts and allow that to produce in us fruit that we can't produce in ourselves, right? Like it's, it's sweeter. It's better. Like he is trustworthy. He is capable to do more than, more than we could in these situations. And like you said, it's, it's all trust. So this next one, we're going to read quite a bit here, but I think it's worthwhile for the context and it's in Ephesians four, which is, I mean, you should really just study Ephesians if you haven't before. It's really practical, like walking in the newness of like God's spirit transforming us. So um, we're going to start in Ephesians 4, verses 17, and we're going to read through 27, and then we're going to read verse 31. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. Okay, so this is saying this is not how we walk. Yeah. When we have the spirit, when we have received Christ and been changed, this is not how we walk anymore. You do not get to walk like that anymore. (laughs) No, but that we're not, we're no longer ignorant. Right, We're not not hard-hearted and callous. Mm -hmm. I'm going to continue. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Okay, so that was a lot to chew on there. But what Paul is doing is he's comparing and contrasting a heart that is darkened Mm -hmm. and callous and unchanged by the word, by Christ, by the spirit, and a life that is completely renewed, right? And so he's saying here that the power of God has the ability in us to to produce um, truth and holiness in the way that we speak Mm. in the way that we treat one another, in the way that we view each other and in the way that we place God on the throne of our lives. So when he's saying here, be angry and yet do not sin, there's room, there's room for righteous anger, but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't stew on these things. Don't dwell on them. This is going along with the idea of bringing yourself before the Lord on a regular daily basis and giving those things over to him. Um, And he's saying too, that when we let the sun go down on our anger, when we stew on these things and refuse to turn to the Lord and give them to him, that we give the devil an opportunity. Yeah. Which is not something that I want to do. (laughs) I don't want want that. Absolutely not. I think of it as being like, when you
1: have a wound, Mm -hmm. like you get a cut and instead of covering it or taking care of it you just leave it open and and you keep like picking this yeah of course you're gonna get an infection of course something terrible is gonna happen to it and you have to amputate your whole arm you know like that's exactly what's gonna (laughs) happen. the only way it goes it's a paper cut and then it's an arm lost that's all i'm gonna it's (laughs) true i mean crazy things have happened but you know what i mean like when we leave something open to fester Mm -hmm. the devil
0: recognizes that Oh, he's yeah. not stupid. Well, and he's <laughs> he's prowling around like a roaring yeah. lion seeking those who he may devour. Like he's looking for those opportunities of bitterness and unforgiveness and anger and contempt yes. to sow seeds of discord to, cause he, he knows he can't win. Like he knows he can't defeat the bride of Christ, Yeah, but he can do some damage yeah. <laughs> on the way. He can pick off members of the church. Oh yeah. And if you are, And it Uh, breaks God's heart. Like that's what he wants to do. He wants to break God's heart and he wants to pervert and, you know, Harm the image of God however he can. And the best way to do that is to create contempt and disunity in the church and to cause us to harbor anger and bitterness and to be closed off from the working of the Spirit in our lives because of the way that we sin against one another.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: And so then this last part too that I just, I love verse 31 let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. So the idea that Those things, so bitterness, wrath, clamor, slander, malice, those things are all from the same root as Mm -hmm. anger. Those are all from a darkened understanding. They have no place in a changed, renewed body of Christ. Yeah.
1: Just setting it aside and making room for what God can do in these situations that are causing anger. And I think this is something I was just thinking about while you were reading it, is We've talked a lot about anger in the context of the people in our lives. Maybe something happens, we're angry. Mm -hmm. But I think that for a lot of people, maybe they're in a season of life that just makes them angry. Maybe they're just experiencing anger because life is not turning out the way that they thought it would. That is so good. And um, I think that when we spend time living in the byproducts of unhealthy anger, like malice and like clamor and slander and all of those things. We, um, we tell God that he doesn't have a place in the situation that we are grieving over. Mm -hmm. And I think that the grief of losing the idea we had for our lives produces an anger that is really hard to deal with because <laughs> it's not a situation that you get to just work through and then there's forgiveness and then you move forward. It's you have to fully reframe your perspective, see what the Lord has in the midst of whatever season of life you're in. I, I know this feeling mm-hmm. when I've lost people I love or,
0: or just not where you want to be. Exactly. Yeah. There's
1: just when you when life does not look like how you planned it to be. That is fertile ground for just living a life of anger and
0: giving the devil an opportunity. Exactly. He would love to see you
1: sit in that forever and be like, well, my life isn't what I thought it would be. And sitting in depression and sitting in sorrow and resentment towards the Lord and distancing yourself from your community and all of this stuff, because whether whether we like it or not, life doesn't turn out the way that we plan it. It turns out the way that God allows it to turn out. And it's ultimately so much better than what we could plan for ourselves. But that doesn't mean that there isn't sorrow and then the opportunity for anger in those moments. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something important to address as we're, you know, moving through this episode is there's the easy, easy I use the air quotation Mm -hmm. marks, easy, um, anger where it's situational and you get to work through the situation and move forward. And then there's just life anger. And I think that that is, um, that's something that you really, really, really
0: need to submit your heart to the Lord in that. So I think what you're saying is huge. It's huge. I think it's easy to say like, Oh, I'm not an angry person. Like you've never been someone who snaps at other people or things like that, but Exactly like you're saying. This root of dissatisfaction, yeah, of, you know, a lack of contentment and being being angry, feeling like these situations in life have been disappointing and harmful and hurtful to mm-hmm. you and blaming those things on God or not knowing where to put the blame, right? That root of dissatisfaction and anger. Is going to eventually come out Mm
1: -hmm. in one
0: way or another. Like we said, it gives the devil a foothold. It gives him an opportunity. And I, I'm just reflecting as you're saying this on my own life. I'm reflecting on, as we were talking about planning this episode, Mm -hmm. like anger isn't something that I've like dealt with a lot in my life. We've talked about like, you know, that our natural inclination is towards that. Like Fight. Well, it's that situational like, right. justice. right? And, but as yeah. far as like anger and snapping yeah. at people, that's never been something that I've struggled with until recently, honestly, until becoming a mom. And it sounds horrible, but any moms out there, you know exactly what I'm saying, that it doesn't matter how like innocent or how much logically you know that your baby is not trying to make you angry, mm. how easy it is to just be so frustrated and so um, unhappy in those moments. And I think so much of what that anger comes from is a feeling of dissatisfaction and a feeling of this little person or their inconveniences or the things that they're doing or the way that they're, you know, taking away from you is like stealing from you, that it's Mm -hmm. stealing something that you feel entitled to and a satisfaction or a lifestyle that you feel like you're entitled to. And so you're angry And it's so inappropriate. (laughs) And I'm just really realizing as you're saying this, that it comes from not addressing that dissatisfaction and that, that anger towards, um, you know, not getting what you feel like you deserve or things not turning out the way that you want them to. And it eventually will come out on people. It'll come out on your kids. It'll come out on your husband. It'll come out on your friends. It'll come out on your family. Like, and that's the sick thing about anger too, is it, it hurts the people that you love the most. Yeah. Is it, it's not something that generally like we're not all just going to be Karens like attacking baristas and <laughs> yeah. random strangers in Target, yes. but that anger hurts people you love and not addressing your lack of contentment or your dissatisfaction or your anger now towards your life situations will ultimately lead to anger towards the people that you love and care about and don't want to hurt. So yeah. man, that was a good segue. I'm really thankful for that.
1: Well, and just before we move on from it, I think specifically in the, in the example you're sharing of, you know, having anger in motherhood, Mm -hmm. how much does the enemy stand to gain from keeping you in that spot? Everything. Everything. That is the most important job that you are going to have ever is being a mother to your child and growing them up in the ways of the Lord. And if the enemy can get in now in this phase where your baby is young and you are having to give up your lifestyle mm-hmm. and
0: that can cause anger. Understandably, right. you are uprooting and everything. And it's not logical. You're not thinking right. through these things when you're like, oh my gosh, and snapping, right? Right. But that's where it's coming from. Absolutely. Like it is. And the enemy just stands to gain so much from
1: keeping you in that mindset oh gosh, of yeah. anger and discontentment. And I mean, I think we've watched mothers do this where they, it creeps in in this time. And then for the rest this is of the their stereotypes. lives, like this is a stereotype yeah. of having
0: the angry, short tempered, like on her last straw mom yeah. all the time. And no one wants to be that mom. No, None of my friends that are moms want to be that mom. But I, we were talking about this episode and I was just talking to some of my dearest mom friends who were all in the same season of young babies together. And all of us were saying, why am I angry? All of a sudden, like, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. I don't want my kids to remember me as a mom that was angry. Every mom I know would want to be a mom that is peaceful and joyful and creates a home that is um, refreshing and a sanctuary, right? But yeah, like we have have an enemy that wants to steal that Mm. from our children. He wants to steal that from us. He wants to steal that from our husbands. Like he wants to create unhappiness and dissatisfaction in marriages and families. Yeah, He wants to create and perpetuate this cycle of kids growing up and distancing themselves from their parents or feeling misunderstood or, you know, misunderstanding the love of God because of parents that were angry mm-hmm. with them. And man, it is, it is not a small thing. No, it's not a small thing. And I
1: think of like how, how truly holy it is to bring somebody up in the word and to invest in them from the moment of conception and all of this stuff. And it's huge. It's
0: just too weighty to not deal with your anger. Right. And I think from what we're talking about, I'm recognizing right now, and this would be my encouragement to people who are not in the season Mm -hmm. that I'm in, that the roots of that in me are coming from a dissatisfaction and an arrogance Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I am carrying into the season of my life from the seasons where I was single and wanting to be somewhere I wasn't and being dissatisfied. Yeah. Like that is the root of what I'm dealing with now. It is a lack of trust in the Lord. It is a lack of contentment. It is looking for my satisfaction and my worth and all those things in the wrong places. Well, it's a new manifestation of an old problem. Exactly. And exactly. no matter,
1: like you're saying, just to reiterate, No matter the season of life, it is not too early or too late to start weeding out the roots of anger in your life. Yeah. And so as much as we joke about these moments where we, you know, get angry when we're made to feel small, we need to deal with that. (laughs) Like we need to deal with that because that is a result of a root that is planted in our hearts. And um, that. It only
0: grows more serious with time. Amen. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. I I want to like keep moving through this yeah. because I think we have some other good stuff to talk about. And I think it's important to address, like we said before, God's anger. Yeah. Is, isn't God described as getting angry? Like <laughs> if the Bible says, you know, that anger is this wicked thing, like how does God's anger fit in with that? And I think the most important thing to remember here is that God's love cannot be separated from his holiness. It can't be that those things are inherently intertwined because he is holy. He is yeah. the definition of holiness and he is the definition of love. And so any true like reading of scripture in its entirety makes clear that God is has anger and wrath towards wickedness. And he has great wrath towards sin and rebellion. And he promises that he's going to enact justice perfectly in the end upon those who hate him and who hate his ways and who um, live in wickedness. And there was this quote that I found when I was like looking into all these things and looking into all these scriptures um, by a guy named Richard Nyber, I think that's how you describe it, pronounce it, I mean. And this quote is describing a depiction of the gospel of a God without anger, that this is what it looks like if our God is not angry at all, if he's just this weak, passive God. And he says, a God without wrath brought men without sin into a kingdom without judgment through a, the ministrations of a Christ without a cross. So basically, without God being angry or wrathful or um, just towards sin, there's no point. Yeah, There's no need for Jesus. There's no point. We We don't need God. It's, it's a weak, a neuter to God that is not angry in, in righteous ways. And when we understand God's like incredible mercy and justice in light, in direct, you know, understanding of his wrath and of his anger and his holiness, like it's astonishing. This is what can lead us to repentance. Like this is what makes God worthy of our praise and of our devotion and of our attention. And it's uncomfortable to think about, oh, like a God that's angry, but mm-hmm. he's not angry at you. Yeah. He's, he's, he's desperately, not desperately, <laughs> <laughs> he is actively and passionately in pursuit of you and has created every opportunity for yeah. you to turn from your wickedness, to receive the perfect sacrifice of his son, and to come into right standing with him. Like that is his end goal. That is his motivation. It's not to smite you. It's not to, um, punish you. Like he's looking to punish sin. Well, I think some, I think our discomfort
1: with the thought of an angry God comes from our earthly understanding of anger and our own experiences with it. Yeah. When we are framing it in, well, this is how my parents got angry when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Then of course you don't want to think about God as an angry God, but He's not reckless. No. You know, he is not crashing through anything. He is perfect and he is holy. Mm-hmm. And his anger is towards the enemies of his children mm-hmm. and the enemies of his kingdom. And if you are an active member of his kingdom and you are pursuing righteousness and uh, pursuing holiness, then. You, you should never be on the receiving end of, you know, God's anger. His anger is towards sin and the fall of yeah. what he created Yeah, and you are not part of the fall. You are, there are parts of you. <laughs> there are parts of living in this world that mm-hmm. but you yourself are not part
0: of the fall. You were created for a relationship with him purposefully. Right. right. And I mean, his, his work of redemption was to bring you into relationship yeah. with him. So he is seeking, he is seeking your your worship and he's seeking your relationship and um, communion with you, like he designed you for. But like, we can't ignore the fact that he is angry towards sin and that our yeah. sin is a big deal. And thank God his mercies are new every morning and he is quick to forgive and slow to anger. But he does get angry, and when yeah. we're living in open rebellion um, you know, there's, there's going to be consequences. So I don't want to belabor that point too much. And maybe it's a whole episode in itself, but (laughs) things about God that we're uncomfortable with that are just true. (laughs) But I want to end this episode practically about how can we deal with our anger as believers? Like what are the ways that we address this in the moment, preemptively, all those things. So, um, I think the first thing that we need to do is to watch what we're consuming. Yeah, and you know the classic example of good fruit can't come from a bad vine, and yeah, you know we can't be refreshed by bitter water. Like those things are not. It doesn't work that way. That's <laughs> not. That's not how the world works. And if we're consuming things that are contributing to our dissatisfaction, like you, we were saying before, yeah. if we're consuming things that contribute to our contempt of others, or our indignation towards the world or towards our situation or towards other people. Yeah. Uh, What do you think is going to be the the fruit of that or the end result? It's, it's not going to be good. And so let's be critical of the, the media and the relationships and the conversation and all the things that we're consuming. Absolutely. I mean, like, We've talked about about eight times in this episode
1: already. Like, we should have a bell. (laughs) Yeah, ding, ding, ding. You have a pre-filled well to draw every emotion from. Mm -hmm. In good times, you will rejoice in a biblical manner if your well is filled with biblical truth, Mm -hmm. and. Towards injustice, you'll have righteous anger mm-hmm. that comes from a true view of right and wrong. Right. An anger that spurns you to action and obedience. Exactly. If you are rooted in the word and mm-hmm. in scripture and in knowing
0: God's heart. Amen. We
1: cannot belabor that enough. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Another thing that we need to watch is watch what we pour out. And that that James passage that we read earlier about um, our anger not accomplishing the righteousness of God yeah. is also in the context of a conversation about the power of the tongue. And we did a whole episode from that passage, but having control over our tongue is a necessary component of dealing with anger. And if you find yourself like slipping in this regularly, if you find yourself lashing out, um, you know, we've talked about the example of like motherhood, things like mm-hmm. that. If you find yourself lashing out at your kids, at your husband, at your friends, um, usually it's easier at your kids and your husband than it is at your friends. <laughs> <laughs> but if you find yourself lashing lashing out regularly, uh, let's learn to apologize, to correct that language immediately. Right. Like mm-hmm. pour out truth and apology and humility. And we need to learn to confront slip ups. Like in the moment, we yeah. have to address those things as they happen because we're not going to be perfect. We're going to slip in these things. Like we're going to be dealing with these things on this side of heaven, as long as we're here and it gets easier and easier. And he sanctifies and renews us every single day, but it is a process and, um, making sure that what you are speaking and pouring out is humility and, um, preference and honor, (laughs) even in the wake of anger is one of the best ways to flip this on its head.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you leave anger, when you leave a moment of anger that you've acted on just floating out in Mm -hmm. the ether. (laughs) In the ether. (laughs) When you leave it just sitting, then it just opens the door for everything to continue over and over and over again. Right. And if you just are uncomfortably honest with yourself and with others and you have to go and be like, look, I was... I lashed out in anger
0: and for that I'm really sorry. Some then, of the some of the most like sweet moments of forgiveness and like vulnerability and like relational intimacy that yeah. I've had with my husband have been when either of us have really like said something wrong to the other person and acknowledged it, humbled ourselves, apologized out loud, even if it's just a little bit later because you know we're stubborn and take some time <laughs> to process. But however that goes, a genuine, sincere apology and an acknowledgement of like that was inappropriate. That was childish. That was hurtful. I should not have said that to you. You did not deserve that. That was me. Those kind of like genuine apologies. Um, like it's easy to forgive in those things and it creates this trust and intimacy and it's, it's hard to do, but it's a good habit to get yourself in now, even with your friends. So another thing that we can do, and this is a little bit more practical, but like know what triggers your anger let's let's actually take a second when these things happen when we feel this lack of contentment when we feel this anger this indignation this vengeance whatever those feelings are of your anger toward your situation towards people in your life figure out where it's coming from right like anger is not a primary emotion it's a yeah. secondary emotion anger comes from other things anger comes from feeling hurt or lied to Mm -hmm. or, you know, we feel stupid or we feel manipulated or we feel, you know, discontent discontent or or any of those things. And, um, those things usually have deeper roots than just the moment or even just the immediate situation. And this can take like mentoring. This can take accountability. This can take therapy, like Mm -hmm. all of those things to get to the root of those problems so that you can address them and have knowledge to in the moment be able to acknowledge, Hey, this is a trigger for me. I'm feeling small. Yeah. And I, you know, how can I respond to that in a way that's appropriate? So, Absolutely. It's just knowing the situation before you even have to make a decision on how you react to it. Right. I think. Right. And when those feelings are bubbling up, instead of just, like, being confused by them, knowing, like, okay, hang on a second, let me take a step back. Yeah. Like, why is this happening? Oh, this is because... I feel manipulated and I feel really strong about being manipulated because of that thing in my family yeah. blah, 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 whatever that is. So that's where therapy is really helpful or even just mentoring or accountability yeah. or discipleship in any kind of way. So, um, last thing, cause we're running a little long here, but last thing is learning to manage your stress. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about this in the context of my newfound anger, right? That a lot of times when Your I'm new little, my, <laughs> this fun little yeah. thing that I get to deal with now. Um, it is so much easier for me to be angry or short when I'm stressed. And that's, mm-hmm. just, that's true for all of us. We know that. that's basic. But it is not my husband's job. It is not my baby's job <laughs> to manage my stress. Yeah. It is not their job to control the situation around me so that I'm never, you know, going to react in anger and they're tiptoeing around me. Like that's inappropriate. Yeah. That is my job it is my job to manage my stress. And so even super practically creating systems and habits in your life that create order, creating, um, you know, processes and even just like devotional time and quiet time and things that fill you and establishing those things in your life and in your day as, you know, kind of fail safes against stress and, again, super practical things, putting up scripture in places that you'll see them. If you know that the dishes just piss you right off, right? (laughs) Like have a verse over the sink that you look at whenever you're doing the dishes. That's like either just someone you're memorizing or something specific to those feelings or whatever those things are. Like, um, I know that's kind of motherhood specific, but there's ways to apply that in every part of your life. Well, right now
1: in this season of life, like I was talking about in the very beginning of this episode, you know. I feel very displaced from my usual schedule right now, having to learn all these new things. I'm generally kind of stressed going into work and I've been leaning way more into prayer than ever because that's all I can do in this, in -hmm. this time really right now. Yeah. And, um, just also being really, really intentional about my time with the Lord and all that stuff. But one thing that I've been praying is Lord, give me the grace for today. And that is just, um, I believe he's answering that
0: prayer, Amen. like yeah, I yeah, he's he's faithful he he is. he has everything you need, yeah, you actually don't even know what you need, yeah in this season, he knows, yeah, he knows Katie, he made you and he loves you, and he knows those little triggers and ticks for you that you're not even aware of yet, yeah, and he's able to be the source of everything you lack, yeah, it's absolutely. amazing, like he's so good, he's so trustworthy with even these things that are ugly about ourselves, yeah, i I honestly think that
1: that perfectly sums up this episode, Mm -hmm. and it's a great way to close out just saying God knows you, and he knows your heart, and he knows your situation. and and he's compassionate. He's compassionate, and he's graceful, and so if you're walking away from this feeling convicted, don't let that conviction turn to shame, but let it turn to action. No, and I mean... I'm feeling convicted even just talking about it and
0: it's, it's good. Like I'm, I'm motivated I'm not like beating myself up. I'm like, okay, like I can do better in these things and I can do better in turning towards the Lord. Not just like, I'm going to make, fix all this by myself, but like I can do better in asking for his help in these
1: situations. Well, I know walking away from this, I'm feeling called to deal with my small moments of anger now, like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. um, so that down the road, I'm not predisposed to being an angry person. Yeah. And so I think that no matter the season of life you're in, um, we can all examine our hearts for unhealthy anger. Yeah. So with that, we want to close out
0: like we always close out by saying thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And reach out to us if you want to reach out to us. Yeah, and I mean, this this episode was born from someone reaching out and telling us, hey, I think you should talk about this. I don't really know what to do with it, or I haven't heard women talk about it, right? Like, we want to address things that matter in your life, and we always find whenever we you know, hear a new idea when we start like writing or preparing, we're like, Oh my gosh, like God is working on our hearts yeah. in it too. So it's, it's fun for us. Absolutely. We enjoy it.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at the Katie's podcast. You can also email us at the Katie's podcast at gmail.com. We've been
0: getting so many great emails. We have. Thanks we guys. Love Sorry it. we've been so annoying, <laughs> but we love seeing it. And you know, you don't just have to hype us up, but like we said, you can ask yeah. us questions. You can suggest things. You can say, Hey, why don't you try doing this in some episodes or yeah. things like that? We want to we wanna serve you. Absolutely. So. Or share a
1: difficult situation in your life. We could become an advice column. We could do that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> ask the <Katies>. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just one more thing. I feel kind of like maybe I'm just going to do this, this episode, but maybe it's something we should start doing a little more. I want to mm-hmm. pray for you guys to close out and just ask the Lord to, um, reveal things to you and to work in you and to have grace towards you. So Lord, I just come before you and I'm so thankful for your spirit and for your forgiveness and for your, your working in our hearts and in our lives. And I ask for every listener of this, that you would just bring about fruit and that you would free them from the, you know, bondage of anger, God, and that you would show them how to walk in a way that is pleasing to you and that they would find freedom and joy and that we would be a generation of women that is joyful and, um, free to love the way that you've called us to love. So in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We will talk to you guys later. Bye.